0: All right. Good morning, church. There it is. It is always a pleasure to share a message with you guys and be able to stand in the pulpit. And the fact that Pastor Andy trusts me with it is a huge honor. So, all that being said, we've been talking about the verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And, very good. So, when I look at Seek ye first, when I look at this verse, it's very clear to me that what we're talking about is biblical priorities. That is really at the heart of this verse what we're trying to get to is priorities. Priorities. Priorities, priorities, priorities. This morning we were talking about priorities. Why? Why is this verse necessary? Why is this verse important? I think it's because oftentimes when our lives are messy, it's because something good, one of our priorities, even the good ones, are out of order. I'm going to say that again. Oftentimes when our lives are messy, it's because our priorities, even the good ones, are out of order. Ian Gray, he's an author and a successful businessman. He wrote an essay on this project that he did called The Denominator, The Common Denominator of Successful People. And he decided he was going to do this research. He was going to ask a bunch of successful businessmen that he knew, a bunch of people that had on the outside seemingly had it all together, what do you attest your success to? And, of course, he got all kinds of different answers, but he asked them for lists so that way he could see what was the one thing that, like, everybody kind of agreed on. And, oddly enough, luck wasn't shared unanimously. Hard work wasn't shared unanimously. The only thing that transcended everything else on those lists was that every single person said, I had to learn how to prioritize. I had to learn how to keep my eyes on what's Actually, important. Oftentimes, when our lives are messy, it's because our priorities, even the good ones, are somewhere out of order. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Matthew six thirty three. Let's go ahead and throw that up one more time, just so that way we can look at it and get it fresh in our mind. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We're going to kind of break this up into a few different parts so that way we can better understand it. Because there is, even though it's a verse, there's a lot there. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, whatever that means, will be given to you. So we're going to break this up, but we're also going to partner this with Matthew 22 Verses 37 and 39. Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? And for us, as Christ followers, hearing Jesus say, this is the most important thing to us. This means this is our marching orders, right? This is our purpose. This is our mission. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's the two verses that we're going to partner together this morning. There's not going to be a whole lot of scripture this morning. We're really just going to dig in to those two verses and see how they kind of explain each other, how they make each other possible. And this will make more sense towards the end of the sermon. But that's what we're going to be looking at this morning as we begin, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we get to share together. Dear Lord, thank you for this place for us to come and for us to learn more about you. Where we can learn more about each other. We can learn to greater serve you, to greater love you, to greater please you we can also come here and come together and we can gain encouragement from each other to go out and face the world again we can, we can gain hope and we can gain acceptance and love here Father I pray this morning that while I give this message that you will keep me from adding anything that is from me that you would just keep this, your thoughts, your words this morning. So seek first the kingdom of God. The first question that pops up in my mind is, what's the kingdom of God? Like we can have kind of a a vague idea, but like if we're going to be seeking it first and everything, then we kind of have to have a clear definition of what it is. If you look into hermeneutics, which is how you understand scripture, it is the way of interpreting scripture accurately, making sure that scripture defines scripture, that scripture interprets scripture. One of the ways that they do this when coming up with a definition, one of the hermeneutics is to look at everywhere that that phrase pops up, And then try to gain an understanding based on the historical colloquialisms and the things that people said at the time. What were they saying? Let's give it a definition and let's find all the verses that have it in there and see if this definition fits every single verse. Because if it doesn't make sense in another verse, that means you don't have the right definition. And Although theologians for centuries have been wrestling with what did Jesus mean by the kingdom of God, they've all kind of rested on one basic understanding. And that is the kingdom of God is the realm where rules wherever God reigns. And if you plug this in to everything that Jesus said about the kingdom of God, all of a sudden it starts to make sense. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. And he also said the kingdom of God is upon you. He also said the kingdom of God is coming. And he even said that the kingdom of God is within you. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the realm in which God rules. Wherever God reigns as king, that is the kingdom of God. Now this is where Matthew 22, verses 39, or 37 through 39, this is where it ties in to this message. Wherever creation is, let's go ahead and throw that up. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Wherever God is being fully loved, wherever God is completely king, that is the kingdom of God. That's how the kingdom of God can be within you if you are loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If God reigns within those places of you, your desires and your will and everything you are trying to do, if God reigns as king, then the kingdom of God is within you. That's how we can gather as believers. And Jesus can say the kingdom of God is among you. Because here's a group of people who desperately just want God to have his way, who just want God to rule, who just want God to reign over their decisions and their lives. So the kingdom of God is among you. When Jesus says the kingdom of God is upon you, he's saying, you're in the midst. When you're in my midst, Jesus speaking, when you're in my midst, you're in the midst of God's kingdom. You're in the midst of the single thing he's gonna use To put us as citizens in his kingdom. So that's how the kingdom of God can be upon you. So we seek first the kingdom of God. I used to think this verse meant, so I got to serve and give to my church, right? Like I got to work at my church and I got to give money to my church. That's seeking the kingdom of God. And That's not bad. Sometimes that's very much what it is, but that's not always what it is. In fact, that is such a small perspective compared to what it actually is. God is calling us to seek the kingdom, to seek his reign, his rule in every aspect of our life first. So it's not just what we do at church, it's not just what we give to church, but it's in every single aspect of my life I am. called to work this out. I'm called to make him Lord and make him. It's hard to understand. supposed to be making God king of everything. That is such a huge task. Where do I even start? Again, this is where we partner this with Jesus' mission statement for us. And if we follow this, all of a sudden, all of our priorities fall into place. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, first. Then love your neighbor as yourself. Kind of a tangent, but an interesting thing, an interesting point to me in this. Loving yourself is nowhere in there. Let that sink in. God says, me, and then your neighbors. And if you live that way, if you live that way, you won't have to worry about yourself. You will be at peace. You will be satisfied. All these things will fall into place. All these things will be given to you. You don't have to worry about where the next whatever is going to come from or if you're going to be able to do whatever. You don't have to worry about that. If you seek me, if you seek making me king over everything in your life and you seek loving me with everything that you have and then you seek to love others, everything will fall into place. So if we're talking about priorities... We're talking about following God's will in every aspect of our lives. How do we do this? Where do we start? And oftentimes, Jesus' simplest teachings are the hardest ones. So we confuse it, we try to say, well, what does he mean by, we try to make it something that it's not, and if we confuse ourselves good enough, then we don't actually have to do what it says because we weren't. We talked ourselves out of being sure of what he was telling us to do. But it's so simple. Simple, but hard. Love God, then your neighbor. So, say we work on loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and we come to a place where we're like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. Who do I start with besides God? Who is your closest neighbor? It's your spouse. If we're talking biblical priorities, it's God first, and then your spouse second. Now, close closest neighbor as in intimacy and closeness, not distance. That is to say, if your spouse is on a business trip, And that does not mean you don't have to love your neighbor anymore because they're not your neighbor and they're far away. It's closeness in terms of intimacy. Closeness in terms of relationship. So who's your closest neighbor? Probably the person you sleep next to if you are married. If you're not, then it's your family. But biblical priorities sets it in place as such. God first, and then your neighbors, closest neighbor being your spouse. And guess what? If you are serving God and loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then you are loving your spouse to the best of your abilities, you take that out one more step, then you get to your family. Somehow parenting is easier whenever y'all are on the same page. And then if you and your kids are on the same page, all of a sudden, You know, friendship relationships and co-workers and all these other things are a whole lot easier because we're not spending so much attention at home trying to fix those things and keep them together. Good priorities set in the right order make it to where you can live lightly and freely. Again, it's the difference not between bad things and good things, but good things that are in the wrong order. See, we have to keep God first, and so many times a lot of us put our spouse first. A lot of times we try to seek things from our spouse that only God can fill. And when we do that, our priorities are out of order, and that only leads to messiness in the relationship. Or sometimes we put our kids in front of our spouse and we just want to parent and we just want to do this thing and you know, try to get them taken care of and out of the house, and then we'll work on us when we get together, and most times Marriages don't make it long enough to get them out of the house when they're focused on the kids. The best thing you can do for your kids is show them a good example of what a loving, God-honoring marriage is. So you keep the good things in the right order, and it balances itself out. Let's go ahead and throw that graphic up. God at the center, and then our second close, or our first closest neighbor, family, our spouse, our kids, mothers and fathers, and then the next closest neighbors, our church family, and then the next closest neighbors, our friends, and then the next closest neighbors, acquaintances and co-workers, and so on and so forth. And as the circle gets out, we are called to each and every one of those people equally. But in terms of priority, it's not the same. If we're not loving and honoring our family, it'll be really, really hard to serve and love and honor our church. If we're not engaged in loving and serving and honoring our church family, it's going to be really hard to love our friends outside of our church family that may or may not know Jesus and may or may not be as symbiotic in the ways that we live. They may not understand what we believe, and they may not agree with everything that we think and say. It's really hard to love them when we're not even getting along with our own church family. You feel alone. Everything falls into place when you follow biblical priorities, We can go ahead and clear the screen. So here's my question. This is where I'm going to kind of land the plane this morning because I would like us to have a little bit of time at the end. We're not going to sing any songs or anything or pray or anything like that. I'll explain it here in a minute. But here's my question when looking at this. We say we're following God, that we're seeking his reign and everything First in our lives, and as I was doing some research this week and getting the sermon prepped, and part of that is I read commentaries, I find the scripture that I'm going to add in and whatever I'm going to preach on, and read you know what so and so has to say about the scripture, and then I listen to a bunch of sermons. It's a bunch of research that goes into a sermon, right? And as I was doing that, I heard a pastor preaching on priorities. And he pointed something out that absolutely shook me. Who in the Bible, which human had the most authority and the most responsibility? Jesus. Nobody else, none of the other humans, saved a universe. Who had the most to do? Jesus. Who was the busiest, always going from one thing to the next? Jesus. And yet, there's not a single scripture describing Jesus running or rushing. You never see Jesus come to the disciples and say, okay, guys, I got an appointment with a woman at a well. In 10 minutes, we got to get going. We're running behind. Not once. His main mode of travel was walking. Walking and talking. Changed the world and never rushed once. When he said that, it shook me because one of the things I struggle with is anxiety. And I feel best a lot of times when I'm doing a lot. Because I feel like if I'm doing a lot, then I'm getting my bases covered. If I'm working hard, yeah, it was three 16-hour days in a row. Yeah, I'm working two jobs. But you know what? My baby's got food. My wife's taking care. I'm doing what I got to do. And yet Jesus never rushed. Jesus always took his... time. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I don't know about you, but freely and lightly sounds awful nice also doesn't sound particularly relatable. If I'm just being honest. We live in a culture that demands so much. I wonder how many of us are caught up following that. Again, doing good things, good priorities, just in the wrong order. If you feel like you're rushing, who are you following? So this morning, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you a real rest. I was kind of wrestling as to whether or not this is really what I needed to talk about this morning and if it really fit into priorities. And then I heard another pastor preach and tackle it exactly, any message about priorities, so I was like, okay, maybe I can do this, and then after talking with some friends and some family, Friday night at CR just seemed like this is for sure where God's wanting me to go, so this morning, I'm going to challenge us. We're not going to close out with any worship. We're not going to close out with any music. We're not going to close out with a time of prayer, What I would like you to do this morning I would like you to recognize that you're currently sitting midst the kingdom of God. That you are currently in the presence of a very real creator God that loves you, that cares about you, that cares about what you face. And like I opened worship up with, you can rest in his presence this morning. So I'm going to turn this over to you. Again, if you feel like praying, go for it. I'm not going to tell anybody to. But what I would like us to do is I would like us to take a moment in God's presence, in God's house, with God's people. And we're just going to breathe and rest. We're going to rest in his presence. Because a biblical priority that I think a lot of us oftentimes pass up While chasing all these other good priorities, is the Sabbath. It's the time of rest, the time of being still and knowing that He's God. To stop trying to work everything out yourself, stop trying to do it all yourself, and relax and know that I've got it. To rest in my presence, to find hope, to find peace. In the stillness, knowing I'm in control and I'm here. I reign over it all. If you're really seeking my ruling first, then you can rest in that. I'm gonna let us do this for a moment, and then I'm gonna get out, get up and close us out in prayer. If during this time you feel prompted by God to do anything, to pray for anyone, to talk to somebody, to ask a question, anything, do not fight it. Let it happen. Rest. Let this be a time that recharges you and sends you back into the week, knowing that God loves you. And that if you'll allow him to reign over everything in your life, everything will balance out. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, please remind us to do this. To get away from the noise. To get away from the distraction. Away from the expectations. Away from even all the good things. So that we can prioritize you first. 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 Your reign, your rule in our lives, first. We love you, Father. And I pray that as your people, I've heard a message this morning, God, I pray that you will strengthen them and encourage them know that they know that they know if they get alone with you if they get some quiet time with you that is the first step to setting all the priorities even the good things in right order we love you God and we praise you we pray this in the name of your son Jesus Christ Amen